What's up, Central? Uh, it's so great to uh, be able to share this, this new message with you as we uh, kick off our brand new series, The Gifts of Christmas. But before we, we jump in there, man, I just want to say thanks to all the, the missionaries that, that shared throughout missions months. Uh, how, how great was it getting to hear from some modern day uh, spiritual giants doing great things for the kingdom? And in the midst of a challenging year, man, God has done some great things. And uh, we reflect back on 2020 uh, and, uh, and 2021, rather, and, and God's been so faithful. Uh, but as we look ahead, man, I'm excited for what God has in store. And just a, a snapshot of kind of where we're going uh, First is, is Christmas, right? You're like, we can't get to 2022 till we, till we get through Christmas. But a lot of great things coming up in the coming weeks as we uh, go through this series, The Gifts of Christmas. You can check that out on our website. If you're able to get here in person, uh, I mean, I would encourage you to because we got a lot of fun activities, connect with each other and, uh, and enjoy that uh, process as well. Uh, but then in the new year, we're going to kick off the new year with, with 21 days of prayer and fasting and really just, just calling out to God and saying, God, we need you to show up up in this new year to give us wisdom beyond ourself uh, to navigate whatever lies ahead. And uh, I mentioned that now in this first week of December. So you can begin to, to maybe journal, write a couple things down. Where, where is it in your life where you need God to show up? What, what is it that you need God to do to bring breakthrough maybe in an area of your life to, to bring some new perspective, uh, maybe some relational healing in this new year. I, I encourage you to begin thinking about that. And as we kick off 2022, uh, we're going to be praying. We're going to be fasting. We're going to see God show up in ways that we've never experienced before. So kicking off on, on January 10th will be 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then the first time in the history uh, of the church that I'm aware of, we're going to break fast together on Sunday, January 30th. It's going to be going to be great. We'll also jump back into our study through the book of Philippians in January as well. But, but again, I know it's Christmas, so let's just camp out there. And it is the, this new series, The Gifts of Christmas. And I don't know if you've ever thought of Jesus in this way, uh, but over 40 times throughout the New Testament, Jesus is called the gift. He's called a gift. Matter of fact, here is our theme verse for this, this series. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. I invite you, if you're in a room by yourself, uh, maybe read this out loud. If you're in a room with, with family or friends, read this out loud together. Challenge them to do that. If you're watching this at, in a cafe or a coffee shop, maybe just mouth these words. But, but let's read it together here. Uh, this is our theme verse. Hope you memorize this over these next uh, four messages. But here it is. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's read it one more time. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's, that's Jesus. He's talking about Jesus, the indescribable gift. And I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for that indescribable gift. That's why we give gifts at Christmas, because God has already given you an indescribable gift. I also acknowledge at the on start at the start of this series, um, man, I, I'm, I'm attempting to articulate what is is undescribable. I'm attempting to communicate what is really beyond communication. It's an indescribable gift that God has given us. But I, my hope throughout this series is just to bring some perspective back, to remind us once again, just this amazing, indescribable, audacious, radical gift that God has given you, that God has given me, and it's all because of Christmas. 
Well, we love giving gifts, don't we? Uh, God is a gift giver. He is, he is a, a, a helplessly generous. Like he, he, he is, there's no stopping him from being, being a gift giving God. That's who he is. And, and we love giving gifts too, don't we? Uh, I hope this week you're able to maybe snag a Black Friday deal, uh, get, get a good deal on some shopping, maybe a Cyber Monday purchase that you could not refuse. Uh, in the chat, why don't you let us know if you've not started Christmas shopping at all, maybe just give like a thumbs down emoji. If you're 50% through your Christmas shopping list, then maybe give a, a thumbs up. And if you're 100% done with your Christmas shopping, like throw some confetti in the, in the chat, let us know, because uh, man, you are who we want to be uh, done with our Christmas shopping. But it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be able to give gifts. It's wonderful to be able to give gifts, especially when you know it's something that the individual you're giving it to, they need. And when you know you're giving them a gift that they want, and we're going to start this series today with the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive. It's a gift that not only God desires to give you, but it's a gift that every single one of us desperately need. And it's the gift of forgiveness. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to John chapter 8. Uh, we'll also have it on the screen for you to follow along. There's message notes uh, for you to look at as well there. But let's pick it up in verse 2, John chapter 8. It says, At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him and sat down to teach them. This is Jesus sitting down to teach them. A lot of people around. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees uh, brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, it commands us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? She was caught, caught in the act of adultery. She's drugged into the temple court where there's a lot of people gathered in a, a religious gathering. And, and it's likely that she doesn't have on any clothes or if she does, it's just barely covered up with what she could grab on her way out as she, she covers herself now in shame and public disgrace. Imagine how she felt. Imagine the guilt. Imagine the utter embarrassment. Some people say, well, what about the man? Like, where's the man in this story? Uh, perhaps the one scenario is that he escaped, he ran uh, whenever they, they barged in. A more likely scenario is that he was a part of the plot all along. And now this woman with perhaps some loose morals is now a pawn in the religious leader's trap to trap Jesus. They wanted to see how Jesus would respond to this woman caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses clearly states that she was to be stoned to death, to be killed. And that would be because her, she was guilty of, of this. And so the issue that, that Jesus is facing is how will he deal with this woman? What's, go, what's he going to do? If he lets her off the hook, then the religious leaders would be able to say that, that clearly Jesus is not a good godly teacher because he doesn't fulfill the law of Moses. And they know that that's his MO, right? Like they know like Jesus has been labeled a friend of sinners at this point. He, he associates with people with, with disreputable reputations, people with, with loose morals. He's very comfortable around and, and they're very comfortable around him. And they're, they're eager to see how will Jesus respond and they lay they lay a trap for him 
And so the key issue here in this passage is how will Jesus respond to sinners? And the answer is that Jesus responds with a gift, a gift of forgiveness. God offers forgiveness. It's what Christmas is really all about. And so let's look at three realities of forgiveness from this passage here in John chapter 8. The first is this, that, that, that forgiveness, it's a gift that everyone needs. It's a gift that everyone needs. Let's look at it again in, in John chapter 8. Let's pick it up in, in verse 5. It says, in the law of Moses, it commands us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say? They, they were using this question to trap him in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who had heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with a woman standing there. Now, we don't know what Jesus was writing as he knelt down on the ground. There's a lot of speculation around that. But we do know for sure, as found in John chapter 8 and verse 7, it says when they, they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he looked at them and he said, if any one of you are without sin, you, you go ahead and throw the first stone at her. Some people, after reading this, would say, well, that, there you go. That, that's a case in point. You should not judge people for their sin. But, but that's not actually what the text is trying to, to teach us here. The point of this is to let us know uh, that, that we all actually deserve judgment because we've all, all of us have sinned. If anyone's without sin, then go ahead and hurl a stone. But who hurls a stone? No one, because we all have sinned. We've all, we've all blown it. Therefore, forgiveness is a gift that we all, we all need. Romans 3.23 says this, for, for everyone, everyone, the religious leaders, the woman caught in the act of death, everyone has sinned. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Uh, Romans 6.23 says this, for the wages of sin, the result of our sin, the cost of our sin, the consequences of our sin is death. She deserved that. But the religious leaders came to this realization that they actually deserved that too. And so one by one, they begin to drop their stones because they knew that their sin deserved punishment too. The wages of sin, the result of sin is death. But aren't you thankful the verse doesn't end there? The gift of Christmas, the gift that all of us need because all of our actions are worthy of of death, but the verse continues the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a gift! It's a gift that all of us, every single one of us, need. The second observation when it comes to forgiveness is that it's a gift that God wants to give, it's a gift that God desires to give you. That's what Christmas is all about. God sent his son as the savior of the world to rescue humanity from our brokenness, to restore relationship with God the Father so our account balance could be brought to zero, so we could be made right with God. Now we can know God, have a relationship with God, experience the abundant life he promised us for all of eternity. God wants to give you that gift. 
2 Corinthians 5.21 says this, God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin. He offered his son as a sacrifice to, to bring our account balanced to zero. So, so that we could be made right with God. How's that going to happen? Through Christ. In Christ, the gift of Christmas, a gift that you need, a gift that God desires to give, where our account balance can be brought to zero so we can experience freedom and forgiveness. Now back to our text in John chapter 8. Uh, let's pick it up again in, in verse 8. It says again, he, he, he stooped down, Jesus stooped down, he wrote on the ground. At this, he turned to uh, those who, who heard him, and they began to, to walk away one at a time. The older ones first until Jesus was left with the woman standing there. And Jesus straightened up and he asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Was she guilty? Yes undeniably guilty. She was caught in the very act of adultery, but Jesus said, I don't, I don't condemn you. Listen, that's the essence of Christianity. That's really the essence of the church. Like that's, that's when we gather together, we gather together as the body of Christ, realizing we deserve death, but God has brought us life. We realize we deserve judgment, but God has justified us in Christ. We realize we deserve wrath, but our loving heavenly father instead wraps his arms around us and says, no, 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 that's my son. That's my daughter. They're a child of God. We realize we deserve condemnation, but instead Jesus brings us salvation. How do we know that? Well, well, John 3, 17, he tells us that, that, that Jesus didn't come to condemn us. He says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but rather in order that the world might be saved through him. He's a gift. Jesus is a gift. Forgiveness is a gift that God desires to give you. Ultimately, Jesus would say this, I don't condemn you, but rather I'm going to be condemned for you. That's the gospel. What a gift. What a priceless, indescribable gift. Remember Romans 6, 23, once again, for the wages of sin is death. We deserve that. But there's a gift and an indescribable gift that God gives that results in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. John 3, 16 says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's Christmas. It's a gift. He's an indescribable gift. Listen, one million years from now in all of eternity, when we're gathered in heaven, like with, with heavenly beings and saints from previous generations, for, for a million years, we'll be marveling at this indescribable gift that is currently yours and God desires to give to you if you haven't already experienced it for yourself. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but would have eternal life. There is no greater gift than that. The third and final point when it comes to forgiveness is this, that it's a gift that changes your life. That's not an exaggeration. There's no way we could exaggerate this indescribable gift when you experience it, when you really take hold of it and it takes hold of you. It changes everything about your life. John 8, 11, uh, Jesus said this, has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said. 
then neither do I condemn you, declares Jesus. Then he says this, now go and leave your life of sin. Honestly, a lot of times, most people get this backwards. Uh, Most people feel like this. Once I leave my life of sin, once I clean up my life, then I'll come to God and I'll have an experience with God. I'll have a fresh encounter with God. Then I'll be able to gather with God's people. But listen, that's not a biblical formula. The the gospel is this, that, that we're broken. Therefore, God, we come to God. He rescues us and he puts the broken pieces back together, not the other way around. We come to Jesus and we say, you know what? I, I, I need a fresh encounter with you. We experience salvation. We experience his forgiveness. He fills us with his Holy Spirit and he empowers us to do this, to go leave our life of sin. Some of you may be watching this. You feel like I'm unworthy. I, I, I don't deserve it. And you know what? To, to a certain degree, you're absolutely right. We don't deserve it. But God loves you so much. He, he, does, he not only recognizes it's a gift you need, it's a gift he desires to give. And it's a gift that would change your life. But you got to embrace the gift first. And then he changes your life. We don't change our life and then we're worthy of this gift somehow. None of us are worthy. We give our life to God, have a fresh encounter with him, just like this woman caught in the very act of adultery did. And it changes everything. Listen, Christianity is not a religion of behavior modification. Christianity is not a religion where bad people become good. Christianity is about making dead people come alive. And until you come alive in Christ, you'll never be able to leave your life of sin. You'll never be able to experience the life transformation that God has for you until you come alive in Christ. You'll never experience the abundant life that God has promised you. So my, my encouragement to you, my, 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 I implore you, go all in with Jesus. Come to him with the shame, the guilt, our brokenness, and watch how he gives you this gift of putting all the broken pieces back together. He's that good. It'll change your life. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, before we could ever do anything to earn it, we didn't put anything back in order. While we're still broken, while we're still helpless, what happened? Christ died for us. He offers you the gift. He, t- he takes the first step. He's not waiting for you to take the first step. He's already taken the first step. He just needs you to receive the gift. And it's a gift that changes everything. So much so that the apostle Paul would write this in Romans 1.16. He would say this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God to change someone's life. It brings salvation to everyone who believes. It'll radically revolutionize your life. Go all in with Jesus. I want to pray for you. And then I want to, Land the plane with three, three points of, of application for those of you watching. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the gifts that you give. God, we recognize today that forgiveness is a gift we need. Jesus, we thank you that it's a gift you desire to give. And God, it's a gift that will change our lives. God, may we all experience that wonderful gift this Christmas. Well, hey, just to, to try to make this super practical for you, I want to talk to three different groups of people here that are on this online experience today. The first group is is this. Some of you just need to be reminded today of the scandalous grace of God. Sometimes if we've we've been in church space for a period of time, we, we can lose the awe and wonder of what Christmas is. We lose the awe that that just like this woman caught in the act of adultery, 
We too have violated God's commands. We, we've, we've let him down. We've, we've sinned. We've blown it. Some of us have, have been extraordinary at that, at blowing it. But over time, we lose the awe and wonder of God looking at us and saying, I don't condemn you. I forgive you. You're my son. You're my daughter. As we enter into this Christmas season, may God open our eyes afresh to the awe and wonder of this gift, the gift of forgiveness. The same grace that rescued her is the same grace that rescued you, is the same grace that rescues me. May we never lose perspective of that. The second group of people I want to talk to today is maybe like this woman caught in the very act of adultery. Your offenses have been very public. Uh, you've blown it on a, on a next level kind of, kind of way. And as a result, you've hurt a lot of people you love. And as someone who's done that as well, I, I can just empathize with you. I know the guilt. I know the shame that you feel. And I'm asking you this Christmas to, to be able to give yourself the gift that God wants to give you. Maybe he's the gift that God has already given you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's already given you the gift of forgiveness. But a lot of times because of our own guilt and shame, we refuse to give ourselves the gift of forgiveness. I'm asking you this Christmas to let yourself off the hook, to give yourself forgiveness. Listen, if God has forgiven you, are you greater than God? Like, are your standards higher than his? And if he's forgiven you, then what's keeping you from forgiving yourself? Give yourself that gift this Christmas. Third and final, there's a group of people watching this that you've never experienced the forgiveness of God. And honestly, it all begins there. Every other gift we're going to talk about in this series, it begins with embracing God's forgiveness in our life. And I just want to remind you, it's a gift you need because you know you've blown it. I don't need to spell that out for you. You've done it. You know it. Secondly, I need you to know it's a gift that God desires to give you. That's Christmas. God sent his son to rescue you, to have relationship with you. He desires it more than anything. And third, it's a gift that will change your life. But it begins from the inside out. So you come to God today, have a fresh encounter with him and go on this journey, just like this woman caught in the very act of adultery does. She receives his forgiveness, his mercy, and he empowers her to go live a life that she's never been able to live before because she submits to his lordship, his authority, and does life his way from then on out. If that's you, I just want to invite you to say a prayer with me, really a prayer of commitment. And this, this prayer is only, it's not hocus pocus. It, it's you having a relationship with God. So you got to mean this from your heart. But, but the Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. That can happen now in a moment. And that'd be my joy this Christmas to lead you to experience that gift. So if that's you, would you pray with me? Say, Jesus, I thank you for the wonderful gift of forgiveness. And God, I acknowledge I've blown it. I've made mistakes. And I've, I've not only violated my own rules and expectations, but God, I've, I've violated yours. And I realize, God, that results in eternal consequences. But God, I, I believe today that you paid the penalty for my sins on the cross. 
And God, it didn't just end on the cross, you rose again. And because you're alive, I'm believing that you can bring new life to me. Now you say this to him, say, Jesus, from this day forward, I commit my life to you. I'm not going to do things my own way. I'm going to do things your way. Acknowledging that you're the Lord of my life. God, I pray you give me the gift of eternal life and the power of your Holy Spirit to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.